Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever's on their mind, and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are and however you're listening, thank you for your support, and once again, welcome home. Sunny days for extroverts, but I got autumn moon dust in my pockets. When the morning cold, frosty fingertips, they was dipped in gold, yeah. Sunny days for extroverts, but I got autumn moon dust in my pockets. I can see my breath, my whole world alive through the season's dead, yeah. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in on this week's episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Um, first off, sorry about missing last week's episode. That's the first week in over a year that I haven't put out an episode, um, but it was for good reason. And if you've been paying attention to the show over the last year or so, you'll know that this week is different if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, or I still don't even know all of the platforms that we're going to be on, but this is the first time ever I have a camera here in the studio with me. And so it's a little bit different for me right now. Uh, normally it's just me and my guest and nobody else, but now it feels like you're here in the room with us. Um, and so that's gonna take a little bit for me to get used to, but that's why we missed last week is because I was working on making sure that we had all of this right, um, all of this set up right so that you guys can enjoy it uh, the best way possible. And to start off, I want to thank everyone who has, over the past year or so, supported this show, um, has reached out and said the things they enjoy about the show, maybe made some suggestions. Uh, every, all feedback is good feedback, in my opinion. And so it's because of you that we have a camera here and that you're seeing us live and in color. Um, and I want to remind everyone that if you would like to become a partner with the show and the Katina's Ministry... The best way to do that is to go on the katinas.com uh, and you'll find a give button there. And that's how you can become a partner of the show and, and the ministry as a whole. So thank you guys so much. And now we'll get into our guest this week. It's This is also strange because normally people don't know who the guest is. They don't see the guest while I'm recording the intro, uh, but now you do. And this is my brother, Eli Katina. Eli, thank you for being here, bro. Thanks for having me. And thank you for helping me set up I guess our guests can't see it, but uh, you helped me set up the camera shots and everything. And also our, our friend Tara Nuku, thank you. Shouts out to yeah. Tere for doing that. And Joey C, uh, there's a lot of work that went into making this happen. So thank you guys for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, bro, I am glad that you're my first video guest. Me too. Um, and 
I what is this your third time on the show now? Third time. Yep. So our our listeners have heard from you in the past, but maybe there's someone who's listened. Maybe this is their first episode. Yeah. Um, I just want to give you a chance really quick to introduce yourself to everyone. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Uh, my name's Eli Katina. I am Josh's younger brother. I'm 23 years old. Our dad is Joe. He plays the drums. Um, I'm married. I'm about to celebrate two years of marriage. Um, in about a week, wow. um, to my beautiful wife, Amelia. We live here in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, I'm also the executive director of Love Squared Missions, which is the Katina's nonprofit arm. Our mission is to empower the next generation of leaders to love God, love people, and lead well. Um, I've been there for five years, and every year um, it gets uh, harder but more fun. Um, and that's who I am. That's a little bit about who I am. Bro, thank you for being here, man. Thanks for sharing that. And, uh, you know, I'm really thankful to have you here as our first guest for the video episodes. And, you know, this being your third time on the show, returning guests, you kind of know, uh, I only have one question for people who have, who have already been here in the studio. And so I'll just ask it to you to start off our conversation today. But E, what's going on at home? What's going on at home? Um, man, I'm excited for just these next three months that we have. Fall is here. Um, I'm not sure where you live, but here in Franklin, it's a brisk 50 degrees. Um, so it's it's hoodie weather and football's on. Um, but like I mentioned, you know, I'm coming up on two years of marriage and I feel like uh, just home is is it's an ever evolving and just kind of refining thing um i think uh just from the way we decorate our house to the things that we do to the plans that we make one thing that's been going on though uh, and that i was thinking about coming into this show is i've um been on this i i heard this for the first time um and it was advice for for married men and it was never stop dating your wife mm. um and i think that stuck out to me because you know i know 2 years maybe to you that sounds like a long time maybe to you that's like just the beginning for me it feels like a little bit of both um but i think it's easy as a husband to forget to date your wife cuz um you feel like uh marriage obviously changes a relationship um, but you're still two people that, uh, love each other and want to have fun experiences together. And I think really want to get to know each other. I think just because you get married doesn't mean you necessarily now know everything about your spouse. Um, so for me, I'm just trying to date my wife, um, trying to continue to, to get to know her better, know myself better, um, know like the way our relationship works and dynamics, and I'm trying to be better. Um, I think I'm doing a good job. I hope I'm doing a good job. Um, but home's fun right now. I love where I'm at, um, and I really like just this season again uh, of life and the actual seasons too. So. Yeah. So never stop dating your wife. What does it mean to you now, two years married? What does dating Amelia look like today? That's funny because literally two days ago, um, I, me and Amelia on Wednesdays, we try to have a date night. And I think she, she finally told me, so our definitions of like, 
dates are different. Um, I can be extroverted and introverted. Um, for this season, I really like just hanging out at home. Um, so we were supposed to have a date night and I came home from work and she was all dressed up and I was like, what are you doing? Are you going somewhere? And she's like, it's our date night. And I was like, I thought we were just going to hang out at home, Uh you know, watch something on Netflix, um, you know, cook at home. But she was like, no date night means we go out. Mm. Um, so I think like to answer your question, what dating your wife means is, um, I think trying to be on the same page, like just making her feel special and making her feel, um, like there's more to our marriage than just paying the bills and uh, sticking to our calendar. Like I think one thing that makes life beautiful is like the richness and relationships that we have on the day to day. Um, so just trying to make every day fun, uh, but not just fun, but like uh, being present and being in tune and, um, for me, like dating my wife means listening to her and listening to her emotions and the way she feels and the way she acts. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I think for me, what dating my wife means. Yeah. I think, so one thing that being married has done for me is it's made me like way more aware of, I, I've, I've heard, I had heard of the five love languages before I got married. Yeah. Um, but it's made me realize, like, I guess what, not only what Alexis, I've tried to learn Alexis's love language, but I've also become way more aware of my own. Like, I've, because I've always known that I was, like, words of affirmation was a big thing for me. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until I got married. Uh, words of affirmation is not Alexis's love language. Yeah. And... I don't know. I've just become way more conscious of, um, one, how much I need that. Like, I didn't realize how much I need someone to like verbalize what they feel for me. Definitely. But also I didn't realize how much that's like how I show love all the time. Yeah. And sometimes it it can mean a lot to me. Like I'm being so loving. I'm being so supportive. I'm showering you with these words of affirmation. But to Alexis, it's not, it's, it doesn't connect for her like it does for me. Yeah. And, and I've just been learning that it's, I'm still learning it. It's a challenge. How, do you know what your love language is and, and what? Yeah, um, mine's the same. Is? I think it's uh, not a coincidence just in the household that we grew up in. Words of affirmation is, is huge for me. And that's a way that I feel valued and seen. Um, and Amelia's is not that. Yeah. And, um, I think that's, you know, one of the things that we continue to work on. I'm sure that we have in common. Um, but yeah. One of the ways that that manifests is so for our family, our immediate family every year on when someone has a birthday, uh, yeah, we go around, we'll have like a family dinner to celebrate whoever's birthday it is. And the thing that we do is. We literally go in a circle around the table and say it's your birthday. Everyone literally kind of gives a public affirmation of you and yep. just showers you with words of affirmation. Our wives call it the annual affirmation circle. Yeah, so, the AAC. So for for me, and I'm assuming for you, like that was just normal, and I'm yeah. very comfortable with doing that. Absolutely. With Alexis. Yep. that's a challenge for her yeah and when she, it, 
like she dreads doing it. Oh, yeah. Amelia and, does too. And it's so, it was so confusing to me. I was like, why is this so hard for you? Like, right? Don't you love my family? Don't yeah. you love these people? Like, yeah. just all you have to do is just say it. But you know, it's a mixture of one, that's not how my wife grew up, right? And two, that's just not really her love language. That's not how she shows love to people. Alexis's uh, love language is gifts. Yeah. So she loves giving gifts. She loves receiving gifts. Um, but you know, the words, they're not that important to her. Yeah. And so every year, well, we have multiple birthdays throughout the year, obviously. And I always laugh at how nervous she gets about that. I know. I think on that point too, um, it's easy to forget uh, for me. I think most people do in general too, that like things that come easy to us and that are second nature to us and that are familiar with us. Um, aren't always those things with other people. And I think one thing for me and like my personal growth is working on empathy and uh, understanding that like the way I see the world and the way I act and the things that come easy to me, that's not just a general rule for everyone else. Um, And yeah, I think that's a great example of of sort of that concept. So one more question about married life before we move on. Uh, I didn't even realize that your guys' anniversary is coming up next yep. week. Um, but I want to ask you, now that you're basically two years in, yeah, what would you say is the biggest difference between your first year of marriage and your second? Hmm, I think, uh, you know, first year is, it's really, I, I think it's like, there's all this excitement for the wedding Um, and then it almost takes like, it took me like a year, um, just to like recover from like the adrenaline and excitement and like everything in your life is moving so fast paced because you're planning things. Maybe you're moving apartments, you're, you're living together. Uh, like I, you're finally able to just kind of like relax. And then I think the second year, um, at least in my experience, you really start thinking about like, what is the life that we want to build together? Um, what's important to us? Uh, what is going to be the foundation of our relationship? Um, and just sort of like being in a mental space to kind of have like f- fresh perspective and like vision on what that's going to look like and, and how you're going to go about that. So I think year two, I mean, it's, I don't think they're drastically different. Um, but I, like the first year of marriage, I was just so thankful that I was married and I didn't have to plan a wedding and didn't have to plan a honeymoon. And I was just like super relaxed and, uh, at peace. And I still feel that way. Um, but I think, like I said, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but, uh, just like what what the life you want together is yeah. that's that's been my second year so excited to celebrate that with Amelia yeah. well congratulations thank to you, you and thank Millie. you that's ten big, ten yep that's easy big, to remember big milestone I uh, I have good memories of your guys's wedding day and good. your guys's marriage has has blessed me personally oh dude so look at that words of affirmation <laughs> no I mean that though bro and thank you well we'll move on from the lovey dovey stuff um, right yeah. before we started recording. Uh, you brought up, you asked me if I listened to a podcast called the flagrant two podcast, Yes, which I do. It's, um, and they recently had a guest on 
Mr. Beast. Yes. Um, for people who, I feel like people watching, if they don't know who Mr. Beast is, their kids probably know who Mr. Beast is. But no tell, tell everyone who Mr. Beast is before we get into this. Uh, Mr. Beast is a content creator um, on YouTube who has basically, over the past uh, like 10 years, just took over that platform and that space. He has over 100 million people that watch his content. Um, and he posts uh, videos once a week um, from like challenges to just entertaining stuff. It's more directed, I think, towards a younger audience. Um, but he's, I would say, just saying he's a content creator would be a disservice to who he is. He's an entrepreneur. Um, I think he's a genius marketer, um, builds brands, has other companies. Um, and he's not like an idol of mine, but I really respect what well, he's he, done. He's basically so, like the king of YouTube. Yeah, That's, he's the king of YouTube. I think he has over a hundred million subscribers. Yeah, counting and and I think that title, like even in the past couple of years, has changed as far as like merit behind it. Like ten years ago, the king of YouTube probably meant like you have a following and like that's cool. Um, I'm sure you do well, but like the king of YouTube, uh, debatable YouTube debatably would be one of the biggest media platforms in the world right now. Oh, I think it it is the number one. This yeah, is, I don't have statistics or I, anything, but, but by like a pretty huge metric. So, well, I know it's like they might have mentioned it on the on the podcast we're talking about, but I've always heard this that it's like the world's number two search engine behind Google. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. If people want to. F- find some if they have a question or want to learn about something first thing you do is go to google yeah the second thing you do is you go to youtube yeah well google owns youtube yeah. so it's yeah it's like a two for one but You're totally right yeah so he runs he's like the biggest name on youtube which is if not the biggest one of the biggest platforms in the world right now and absolutely and so he had a he went on this podcast and I've heard him on, he actually did like the Joe Rogan show mm-hmm. a few months ago. I don't know. And then he recently, he must have something big coming up because he j- just did the Flagrant 2 podcast. And then I saw he did one with the Nelk Boys. Like, oh, yeah. Like literally yesterday. I did not see um, that. I don't, he's doing something. Yeah. Something's brewing. But um, basically they were, they were just talking about kind of, his journey to becoming who he is and like building what he's built. Yep. And it was so inspiring to me to hear like somebody who is just like absolutely obsessed with something. Yes. And obsessed with being excellent at something. Yeah. And has been for over a decade now yep. and just seeing where where like where that can take you. Yeah. Did you did you take anything like that from the I show? think for me, like what spoke out to me was uh, like self-belief. Like how much do you really believe in yourself, uh, in your dreams, and like in your ability to do whatever it is from making content to making music to your traditional jobs? Like I think that's was what was most encouraging to me and challenging for me is like, how much do I like believe in the things that I say I believe in and how much do I, uh, believe in myself? And I think, um, 
it's really encouraging for me to listen to people and to be around people who have strong convictions uh, in their dreams and like just have a will and like you said, like an obsession um, to achieve or, or get to wherever they want to go. So that's what I took away. Yeah, I think it really connected with me because if anyone knows me, they know that like one of my biggest idols and inspirations in life is Kobe Bryant. Mm. And that's kind of Kobe's identity is that he was obsessed with yeah. being great in basketball, being the best in basketball. And I see that in Mr. Beast too. Like yeah. He's got this weird obsession. Maybe weird's not the right word, but like I've heard it said. No, it's yeah. weird. Well, I, I've heard this quote before. I don't know who said it, so if I'm sorry for not giving credit where it's due, but the quote is, you can have anything in life mm. if you're willing to give everything else up for it. And I see that in Mr. Beast. I yeah. think he talks about how like his social life when he was younger was rough. Yeah. And I also loved how he talked about how if you're not getting made fun of for for whatever you're doing, yeah. for how much you like something, yeah. then it's probably a sign that you're not obsessed enough with yeah. it. And I thought that was amazing because, you know, at least me personally, like people who have been following along know that my journey right now is I'm really pursuing music, music yep. creation, and I'm posting it every day on Instagram and TikTok. And sometimes there's this piece of me that's like, man, are people? Do people think I'm like lame? Do people think I'm a loser? Like I'm spending all this time, but yeah. no one has ever, no one has ever reached out and said that. But to like, me. who cares? I think that's like the, the what you're talking about. I know we all care, but I think having like what you're like such an obsession that like you don't care what other people think. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think. I wish I could say I don't care. There is like this pride in me that's like I don't want to come across as like I I I don't want to fail basically in yeah. front of everybody. Yeah. And so and I don't want to put out stuff that's like oh that's cringy or oh you're trying too hard or <laughs> yeah. who do you think you are? But obviously it's not that part of me hasn't stopped me from doing it. Right. Yet. So but I just really I really appreciated when Mr. Beast was saying that. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. I agree. That guy's awesome. Uh, well, I don't know, but <laughs> I, I like. I think what he's done um, is really incredible. And I think one thing I love about him that I think is unique um, to people in that space, uh, Rogan's another one, is they really seem to like just uplift the people around them. Yeah. Like they're not trying to like like total world domination is not the goal. It's like everyone can succeed. Everyone can win. Um, and I love that he's done it with his friends and with the people that he grew up with. Like, I think that's just amazing and, yeah. and encouragement just to have that perspective. Like I think as humans, a lot of us just like want to like hold on to what our, is ours. Um, but I think, you know, another way in a more prosperous way is like, no, we can all win. Like we can yeah. all come up together and, um, I think that's awesome to have. Yeah, I think when I think about Mr. Beast and really a, a lot of people who I follow, like the Flagrant 2 podcast in general, yeah. Andrew Schultz and, um, or guys like Joe Rogan or whoever it is, most people today, they 
consume some sort of content that is made independently. And yeah, yeah. And I think it's amazing. Oh, you're good. (laughs) I think it's amazing. Like, there has never been a time in human history where it was easier to kind of do it yourself. Yeah. And like, the the monopoly that like huge corporations used to have on especially media like tv movies radio music even like that's diminishing every day yeah and like percent like we could never have done this 15 years ago yeah maybe i don't know it would have been a lot harder a lot harder a lot more expensive yeah um and there was not really like even if we say we had all the the funding to do it and yeah we, all of that even there wasn't really platforms for us to get it out there to people yeah 100% and now there is now things like youtube and spotify and yeah. apple podcasts and like i don't know i love that that people are not having to uh get on their knees for for big corporations to yeah to, to bankroll them basically yeah 100 percent. um and i think that our generation because we grew up in it like i feel like we're better at it than than a lot of people yeah and we're more comfortable with doing that i i when i think about kind of what you did have done with love squared mm. and i know there's a lot of work a lot of there's a large team that has has built love squared but yeah um, I also think you spearheaded it. Um, you kind of, you didn't really, uh, necessarily need like the big corporation to, to support you. You d- built it from the ground up. Uh, sort of. Yeah. I think I was blessed to, um, I did have a platform through the Katinas and their audience. Um, but even with that, I think like the way that love squared's grown to your point, um, is, and I, I maybe I don't have the best way to, to word it, but I feel like our generation has more tools and resources and platforms um, to kind of do, you know, whatever you want from building a business to uh, growing a nonprofit um, to building like a, a brand or whatever. Like, you're totally right. The, the tools that we have um, is, I think I'm personally just becoming. Uh, like even more aware of like, wow, like the outlets and the opportunities and the the resources that we have literally in our pocket um, to grow and scale things is way larger and a more powerful uh, engine than it was just 10, 15 years ago. And I'm excited to see like what happens in the next 10 years. I'm 23 um, I'm still young and I've, I feel like I've kind of lived through like one decade of like s- conscious, like awareness to like content and media and stuff. Um, I probably started watching YouTube when I was around 10. So now I'm excited. Like, dude, I remember when TikTok came out, like, and TikTok came out longer ago than like it people think it is like yeah. it's like four or five years old yeah at least well tiktok before it was tiktok was another app called musically Did, yeah i remember that? musically so that's yeah that was tiktok musically turned into tiktok i think that's like i'm such i don't know why but 
when it comes to these apps and, and like things, I'm such a hater. Like whenever, when TikTok came out, I'll be like, it'll be popular for like two months and then there'll be another one. Um, and like you do see that trend happen a lot with like musically or whatever it is. Um, but now TikTok is like huge. Like if you're not on TikTok as a creator or as like a business geared toward young people, uh, then you're probably not a creator or a business (laughs) geared towards young people. Right. So yeah, I mean, new stuff will come out, and I know. it'll take down TikTok probably. I think about how like Facebook, like Facebook was my thing, uh, yeah, in middle school, and now kids today think Facebook is just for old people, which I guess maybe they're right. But yeah, like it's it's Instagram and TikTok. Even Twitter now has become kind of obs. It's just not as hot as it was. It, it's right. grasp, grip on the market is not the same, but. Um, definitely not as monetized. No, yeah. Well, I guess we'll move on to something different because I wanted to talk to you about this last weekend. Uh, you and I and our wives and our parents went down to Kennesaw. Yep. Uh, Kennesaw, Georgia. And we watched our cousin Zion play football there. Yep. They won. Go Owls. They're actually playing today, right? I think they are. Yeah. We're recording this on a Saturday. Hootie hoo. Um, But yeah, so we went down, got to watch Zion play. um, And, you know, I was, Zion, he wouldn't admit this, but like after, what is this, five years of college football for him now? Yeah. Like I can just tell his body is in pain. Yeah. At least, like, he would not admit this, but he, there's just damage that happens from playing football. Yeah. And, you know, I recognized that when we were in Kennesaw last week. And then on Thursday night, I watched, I was watching the Dolphins Bengals game, and I saw yeah. uh, Tua Tonga Vailoa yeah. have a really scary injury, a head injury. Yeah. Um, it sounds like he's on the road to recovery now, but it was just a scary sight. Yeah. And it made me think about you, actually. Mm. Uh, I, I'm curious if when we're down in Kennesaw and we're watching our cousin play. Yeah. Like, does it ever, do you, does it make you miss football or does it make you feel like, man, I'm glad I'm done doing this? Yeah. Because I just, I love football. Like, I love football. Yeah. But for the players, like, even though this conversation has been going on for probably decades now, I still think a lot of people don't understand, like, how hard that sport is physically on your totally. body. Totally. So I'm just wondering, do you miss it? I don't miss it. Yeah. Um, I I tell like I miss five percent of it. I miss the I miss the locker room. I miss the lights. Um, but I don't miss everything uh, from the time and the energy uh, and the sacrifice that goes in um, to you know playing football. And I really like. Um, I think like the more I watch Zion, like the more I'm super proud of Zion um, and what he's done, um, and I'm just glad that you know even the like I would never try to say that. I haven't contributed anything to Zion's career, (laughs) Um, but um, I feel like a part of his journey, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like an outlet for me um, to 
dream in that space. I think that's a credit to Zion too for making a percent, hundred percent. Yeah, Zion's Zion's the best. Shout out to Z. Um, but yeah, it I I don't miss it. Um, sometimes I wish I I did because you hear a lot about people. I have fond memories, um, but I think just from like where I'm at in my life, I don't really think that much about football. I am. So when I go watch football, I'm excited, um, for if God, you know, blesses me with children. Um, and if they want to play football, I think, you know, I was a, a good football player. Um, definitely above average. Uh, I think though, and I, I think every like prospect parent thinks this. I think I'm going to be an incredible coach. Okay. <laughs> I'm really excited for my kids, if they play football, um, to be able to coach them and mentor them, uh, even if it's not football, like just in sports. I yeah. still love sports. I do miss sports. Um, and I'm excited to like kind of, like I was saying, like be a part of that journey and, and be invested into it. Um, and just cheer them on. Like my dream is that like when me and you have kids and Jackson has kids and Zion has kids, I hope everyone lives in a close vicinity and we are going to take over all of the Pop Warner leagues in Franklin. <laughs> we're going to be coaches. Our kids are going to play with their friends and we're going to be amazing. And Jack will be our athletic trainer. Jack will be the yeah. trainer. I'm going to be the head coach. And, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what everyone else is going to do, but we're going to win a lot of games and have a lot of fun, and it's going to be a blast for our kids. Well, I'm really glad you brought this up because my next question for you actually was going to be if you have sons one day. Yeah. Or, or daughters. Or daughters. Or would, would We'll take over the volleyball well, tournaments. My question is, knowing what football can do to your body. Yeah. And, your head. Yeah, 100%. Like, will you let your kids play tackle football? Yeah. So it's easy to, like, make these decisions when you don't have kids. Yeah. So uh, my mind could change. Um, I still have, like, my perspective and the way I see it is you can get hurt or injured doing anything in life. You can get – I know that there's an increase when you're playing tackle football – um, it is scary. I think this probably isn't the answer that like you, you want, but I think I'll know more how I feel and how Amelia feels uh, if we're in that position. Um, but I still think that uh, like life is dangerous and there's risks to football, but there's risks to everything. And um, I don't think that I want to like live my life being I want to be cautious and informed and aware uh, but I don't want like the potential of things happening uh, cause my kids you know to miss opportunities or miss experiences yeah. but I don't have kids so that's easy for me to say yeah. I will say you know I get where you're coming from but I also know there's a lot of parents out there who they say no I'm not gonna let my kids do that it's it's we know we we can see the data now that hundred percent the head trauma is is a real problem and like you know there's not the same risk in golf as there is football we can agree on that like there's definitely yeah, safer options of course I I think like for 
I, for me, it's there's I've heard this quote: the easiest kids to raise are your imaginary kids. So mm, everyone, that's that, a good one. Yeah, that's I, so true. Everyone has great answers when they're it's yeah their kids aren't there. But when I imagine having kids, like it, I, I I get nervous about um, the potential like brain trauma that football can cause. Yeah. And especially like, so you and I both started playing tackle football when we were very young, like yeah, five, six. Yeah. Around yeah. Um, and you know, I don't know if I would let my five or six year old play tackle football personally. Yeah. I don't know. I, this again easier to do it when it's your imaginary kids but i I totally understand and when i see like what happened to tua on thursday obviously that's the highest level of football and he's playing with like there's werewolves on the field out there so it's dangerous gorillas yeah um do you know what i think the he's samoan yeah yeah the the guy who that's like the worst guy you can get tackled by but i'm sure that guy felt horrible afterwards but yeah um I don't know. When I see that kind of stuff happen, I'm like, is it really worth it? Is it is this really something that like I want my kids to like invest their lives into and who knows? Maybe my kids will hate sports. I don't know. Yeah. But um that's just a question that I I definitely understand why more and more parents every year are, are having those conversations and really thinking about is this the sport that I want my son or daughter to play? Yeah, I totally agree and I think um We'll continue to know more and see the effects, you know, as time goes by. Yeah. I'd love, you know, it's the easiest kids to raise or the, your imaginary kids. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think um, – I'm not, I, I don't think, like, oh, you know, football is the greatest sport ever yeah. or whatever. Um, but I just love – I go back and forth because, like, you were talking about playing sports at a young age. Um, and even, like, I would consider even, like, middle school. Like, you're still young. Like, yeah. um, And even, like, maybe, like, the first couple years of high school, like, you're still just a kid. Um, and I think, like, what is the value there? Because I don't think – a lot of people will tell you, like, the high school football was, like, the best days of my life. Or, like, I have so many good memories of – middle school football or, or whatever. Um, I don't know if that's true. Uh, I, I question myself, like what is the value, um, of sports, um, outside of just memories and fun? Um, I think it's different for everyone, but yeah, we'll see what happens when I get there. Yeah. I feel like I've had this conversation on the show before, but I think the value of sports for kids is, I think there's two two main lessons, at least that I took from it growing up playing sports. Number one is it exposed me to failure at a young mm, age. Yeah. Like in a safe environment, like a place where I can fail and it's not the end of the world, but yeah. I still feel the sting of striking out or missing a tackle or whatever it is. Yeah. And then two, it taught me how to work with other people, teamwork. I think we grew up playing team sports. Yeah. Um, and those are two lessons that I think... I have uh, benefited me in my adult life today. Yeah. It's like uh, when I talk about how I'm afraid to fail in front of everyone, yeah. I am afraid, but I know that if I do fail, I've done it before yeah. right? because I've been failing I've, in yeah. sports since I was a kid. And 
uh, I will fail in something in life. Yeah. Um, and, and then just working with other people, like nobody lives in a vacuum. We have, we live around other human beings and, um, there, you have to learn how to, how to be a part of a team in, yeah. in different parts of your life. So I think that's valuable to teach kids sports Definitely. that sports sports can teach kids, but yeah. Um, Okay, well, you're the one who has told me you think I talk about sports too much on the show. No, so. Amelia has told me who's told you. <laughs> oh, man. I'm I love sorry, talking Amelia. about sports. Um, well, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about your business, mm. um, your Katina Bros Long Hair. KBLC. Which is, you're kind of coming up on the end of mowing season soon. Here, yeah, right? yeah. So t- walk me through like how this season was mowing season was for you yeah and like maybe one lesson you learned as a business owner this year mm, that's good um this was definitely my best mowing season um and it wasn't because i actually made like way less money um than i have in previous years um but the reason it was it was the best is because it was efficient it was easy, um, and it wasn't like consuming unbearable amounts of like my emotional energy and like my physical time. Mm. Um, so it went really well, and I think like as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, um, one thing that I like learned this year um, is like how much. All of us think that like if we had more money or more clients or more people to make songs for, then we would be happier and have more purpose and be like doing well. Um, for me this year, I, I think I learned that like that's not the case. Like I don't have like more clients or like more business opportunities doesn't bring me uh, more joy Um or more peace for sure. So I feel like I found a really good balance as a business owner of like, it's called work-life balance. I feel like that's been talked about a lot over the past couple of years, but like how much, um, like what's the sweet spot of like this provides for my family and the freedom to like do things and opportunities, um, but not too much to where like, I think it's really easy as a business owner to become a, um, a what's the word like an employee like you mm-hmm. can just become so consumed with your business that like you're not even like able to think as like the owner you yeah. just become an employee yeah. and you just like work super hard to probably make the same amount of money as you would just working for someone else yeah. and I think for me like I don't want to that's not what I want to do yeah. but I see how easy it is to fall into that so that's what I learned Nice. Well, I do know that there's, we'll finish off um, on this, but there's your co or your employee. Yeah. Dan Thompson. He's been on the show before. Um, Shout out to Dan. He is, he works with you. I know he's a good worker, hard worker, and a good friend of yours. Best. Um, Yes. You're actually his best man. Mm hmm. Uh, He's getting married. Is it this month, right? This month, October 29th. Wow. Well, first off, congrats to Dan and Nicole. Yes. I'm excited to celebrate you guys. Um, but I want to talk to you about, this is your second go around at being a, a best man. Yeah. And 
I don't I don't know how many people get to be a best man for two different people. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure. So you're you're in uh in the elite few. <laughs> I, I wanna, yes. I want to ask you, bro. Like, how has it been the second time around? Like, um, being the best man and yeah. like seeing a guy who obviously you care a lot about. Yes. Getting ready to to go on a journey that you've been on for two years now. What's that yeah. like? Um, I'm just super excited for Dan. I love Dan. Um, on paper, Dan's my employee, but he's like, uh, he's my partner because mm. that dude is awesome at everything that he does. Um, but I think as far as like being a best man, like it's less about you and more about like, uh, the couple and like the friends and kind of the wedding party and, um, they're awesome. So it's been, it's been fun. Um, it's been easy. I think, uh, you know, my role is really just to like be Dan's biggest cheerleader and support and, um, just be a rock for him. So I, I, Dan, hopefully I'm doing a good job. I don't know how I'm doing, but, um, I think he's, he's excited. He did a, I think they got engaged. Like, um, I think they almost did a year long engagement. Okay. As did I. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. No, yeah, yeah. They got engaged last fall, um, and I remember how hard that was because I I also did like a 13, 14 month engagement. Wow. Um, but he's excited. He's ready. They just moved in, or she, just, uh, Nicole, just moved into their apartment, um, and I think things are going well. So awesome. I'm excited for him. Um, Last question, be honest. Yeah. Have you started preparing your speech yet? Oh, yeah, dude. I think, like, one thing for me, going back to self-belief, I, like, really, over the past year, um, have gained a lot of just, like, encouragement from other people and, like, belief in myself as a public speaker. Mm -hmm. And, like, I know I'm, like, a rare breed. Like, I love public speaking, I I love like, uh, especially for weddings, weddings, you should always crush your wedding speeches because everyone there wants you to do well. Like no one's there to critique you. Like everyone wants you to succeed, um, which is fun as a public speaker to do. So, um, yeah, my speech is going to be great. Well, I hope it's great. Um, and uh, but it's not about me. It's just about honoring Dan. And, <laughs> no, like really, like yeah. I want to execute it well. Uh, but my goal is not for people to think that's like, funny. "Look how good Eli did." I just want to honor yeah. Dan. You so. know, that's uh, like the most common phobia in America is public speaking. Fear of public speaking. Yeah, yeah I love it, dude. I think I love yeah. it because it's scary. Like it makes mm-hmm. me feel alive. Like when you're up there and everyone's looking at you, whether it's at a church or at you know a small group, wherever. Um, I, I think it brings the best out of me cause I know, uh, I have to execute and prepare well yeah. and I love public speaking. Well, I'm looking forward to it, bro. I'll, yeah. I'll I hope I haven't that. hyped it up. I'll be cheering you on, bro. Thanks. And again, congrats to Dan and Nicole. Yes. And thank you, bro, for being here for yeah, my dude. first, uh, video episode. I, I know. Hopefully we're able to start doing this, uh, every week. That's the plan. And. Um, I might be calling you for tips on how to get this camera to work or whatever. Yeah. Um, but after this, I'm sure you'll. I'm gonna ask you questions on how to edit. So yeah, definitely. We'll get to that. Um, 
Love you, man. And Love you, bro. We'll do this again probably in a few months. Yeah, yeah. sounds good. To those of you listening, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day. Thank you.